Well, welcome Calvary HSM. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Uh, if you're meeting me for the first time, my name is Aaron Kajumba. I serve here. Praise God. I, I serve here as the high school pastor here at Calvary. It's been a blessing to do so for the period I've been in this space. And guess what? God is on the move. Look at your neighbor and say, God is on the move. No, say it like you mean it. Like, God is on the move. Say it like you're at a Dodger game. One, two, three. God is on the move. Guys, we've seen the Lord do amazing things while we've been in this period and this season. Uh, maybe Drew mentioned a little bit earlier, we had 156 students who went with us to summer camp, of which uh, 54 of you guys want to join small groups. This is a blessing, right? This is where all our, our discipleship happens. And then 20, 20, uh, uh, 19 of you actually are getting baptized today. Like, like, come on, like that's, that's only a, an act of the Lord. And 11, guys, 11 people gave their lives to the Lord for the very first time. I like, guess that's a blessing. And so as we, we think about and, and remember what God has done, we're looking at what we do as next steps. And we began this new sermon series called Rhythms. And for us as believers and people who have just come to the faith, maybe you're in this room, you're like, you're watching online, you're here in this space, you've never heard of this Jesus. This is an opportunity for you to have your palate wet. Have you guys ever been invited to a place for dinner and they tell you this place and then you look it up? You're like, what this, this plate, the habit? What? Mm. And you look it up, you Google it, and you're like, Santa Barbara Char. And you begin to see all the things. Like, this is what's happening right now. We're opening up the scriptures. We're opening up these things so you can get to have an appetite wet for the things of God. And allow me in these next few moments just to pray, if that's okay with you. Uh, if you have your Bible next to you, have that handy. If it's on your mobile phone or if you have a, a phone that has uh, the smarts, y'all can Google. And you're going to open up uh, Psalms 120. That's going to be parked today. I promise. I know I'm from Africa, but I'll keep it super short. It's going to be really short. I promise. I promise. It's going to be long. But check it out. Psalms 120 is going to be today. Allow me to pray, and then we'll begin to open the scriptures and allow the Lord to speak to us. Is that okay? We good? All right, all right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for how you have moved, not just moved, but moved in power in this summer, Lord God. You've saved people. You've allowed people to see you and to uh, love you, Lord God, and even enjoy you, Lord. We ask that as we spend time in this text this evening, Lord God, open our eyes to see you, unite our hearts to their truth, Lord God, incline just our understanding, Lord God, to be, uh, to be uh, inclined to see your will and to see your heart. And just me pray. Everybody said, amen. amen, amen. All right, so here we are in this room. We've come from our camp time, right? It's been a little bit of a week after. And what typically happens for any believer, not just a person who goes to camp, but a person who's had a season of continued joy and blessing and grace in their life, is that begin to see and, uh, and experience the joys, and then they forget what God did. There's this, a, 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 an old hymn that says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And if you're familiar with this kind of a feeling, it's kind of like how we, like, have we gone to camp or go to church, and then you go back home, and you ask you, what did, the, what did the guy talk about? And you're like, I don't remember. Like, what happened? We're prone to forget the things that God has put before us. And so what we're going to do in this next few moments is to live in a state of remembrance. I live in a state of remembrance. In Psalms 103, 1 through 4, and this is not on the screen, it says this, that all that I am, praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am, praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. 
And this is the reason why David is particularly exclaiming. This is why we're here in this room. This is why we are rejoicing. He says we are rejoicing because this. He forgives all my sins. How many? All. Not 10, 20, 30. He says all of my sins. Anything you have done. Anything you are going to do, things you've done in the past. And this is the, the, the clear reason why all of us as believers have joy and have hope. Because God himself came and he connected us back to himself. The Bible says that God died once for all of us to bring us back to God. He forgives all my sins and heals all. How many? All my diseases, any vice, any addiction, anything you've been going through, anything that is weighing you with anxiety. He says, I have taken care of it. This is good reason to rejoice. If the Bible had just these, like these three like lines that I just read, that would be it. That we have a God who forgives all our sins, heals all our diseases. But it goes on to say, he also redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. Straight out the gate, the Bible tells us that we as people have sinned and fallen away from God. Because of how we've chosen not to trust him as the king of the universe. Now, I've done this before, but let's try it one more time. In this room, take a breath real quick. Oh, that was great. Let it out, let it out. Okay, not too long. Okay, one more time, one more time. Go, one, two, three, go. That breath you just took was borrowed, okay? This is from the God of the universe. You've just taken in a bit of who he has given you in himself. And yet, we are so quick to say, God, we know better than you. Like, people are still trying to explain, like, yawning, which is, like, I mean, you're yawning, you're you think that would be the, the actual explanation. But this God who has controlled every little intricacy in our world and universe has decided to give us himself. And I think the proper response to a God who loves us in all his intricacies, in all of his powers, who is personal and patient with us, is to honor him with worship. And as you look back, Romans 15, 4 said, these things are written, speaking of the Old Testament, but I can speak of this Bible, this word, this God-breathed spirit, breathed word was given to us so that we can have hope and wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Now, here we are. Psalms 128, that's where we are. Open up your Bibles. We're going to be on the screen. It says this. The blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, and you shall be blessed and he shall be well with you. This is kind of like a huddle. Now, some of you guys are, are football fans, and there's not very many Sundays in the year where there's not a team somewhere gathering. And as this team gathers, there's three teams that gather. There's the team that's maybe going to win, the team that's going to lose, well, depending on who you are. Uh, and then there is another team, a team of people who are going to be referees. And these people have a standard that they live to, and, I, I, and they don't respond to the either side of the teams or to the crowd. They're meant to be a people who respond to the people in New York where the offices for the NFL are. Like, this is where they're supposed to respond to. And for many of us in this, in this room, we've come to a space where we are now enlisted into the group of referees. Like, God has called us to be a space and be a people who call out what is supposed to be right to be a people who live by wisdom, who not only speak it out, but embody it in the way we live. See, whenever a referee, and you guys have your teams, be it the Dodgers or the, I don't know, I don't want to get fights up in here, right? But whatever team it is, whenever a referee ends up on one side of the team or even the side of the crowd, 
that there is an issue, there's a struggle, there is something that goes wrong that people don't love and don't like. We're called to be a people who respond to the call of God as referees. What has God called us to? To speak what is right, to live in a way that honors him, to be a people, like we say here at Calvary, who live and love like Jesus. And you guys have, like this word says, blessed. You are now blessed. You are joy-filled. You are people who have been filled by the grace of God. As you've received this call that God has given us, you become like those referees. You enjoy the fruits of God. In fact, it says that those who fear the Lord are blessed. They walk, who walk in his ways, they eat the fruit of the labor of their hands and the life of God is well with them. Now the question comes, what does it mean to fear the Lord? What does it mean to walk in this blessed life? What does it mean to acknowledge this grace? Because after here you might say, oh man, like it was a great height of a moment. Camp came and went. No, L- live in remembrance. Like, this is, this is not a simple thing that happened to you. You were in darkness, now you're in light. How do we recognize this? How do we do this? See, the fear of the Lord means to walk in the light of his presence. Now, uh, a few months ago, uh, my wife and I were driving down to Arizona. And I've shared this story before for some of you guys who have heard it, and some of you have never heard it before. This is what happened. We were driving down to Arizona, and in this vehicle... Uh, the speed limit on this road is about, what, 85 or something? And this is on the road to Arizona. And I was driving, don't even imagine, in double digits, triple, triple digits. It was up there, all right? But the moment I realized that there was an officer driving up close to me, right? What do you think happened to me? I, I, I began to release my leg off that, 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 that speedometer and allow the brake to engage a little bit more. Now, the story goes on that I ended up asking for grace and asking for mercy, literally words. Officers show me grace, show me mercy, and he gave me a lesser ticket. But what we don't want to do is to be like your pastor. I know it sounds weird, right? (laughs) Where we respond to God, we respond to the authority of the Lord only when there is going to be a punishment. Does that make sense? Like, we are to be a people who enjoy the Lord. Now, the story continues on that because I was with my wife driving to Arizona for our anniversary, guess what? I was in, like, a lot of trouble, like 100%, because now I was driving with my wife unsafely on this road to our anniversary, and now that, that, that puts her in a place of, of hurt, of, of like a mistrust. Is he going to keep driving the same way? And what happens the next day? Same guy, same car, speeding. How many miles after? I won't tell you this time. It was also double digits, but not too crazy. Got stopped again. And this time, I asked him again, hey, at this point, like, my name's inside the, like, the, the system. So the officer goes, I see, Mr. Kajumba, you got stopped the day before. Oh, man. What am I going to do? Yes, sir, I did. I was speeding. I, I owned up to it. And as I did so, I asked, can you please show me grace, show me mercy? I said the same words. This, this officer goes back to his car, sweats me out for about 10, 15 minutes, comes back, and then he says... Take the money that we would have used for the ticket and make sure you take your wife out on a date. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's amazing. But do you think, like, right now I'm going to forget that? Do you think I'm going to be encouraged to speed? Like, at this point, I have an opportunity to live in remembrance and say, God has continued to give me grace and mercy. And so now, because I've received that grace and mercy, because I've not been... I'm not taking that ticket. I've not been separated from God anymore. Now I can realize that God has given me power to live a life that is full of his grace. And so what happens is this. 
To walk in the fear of the Lord is one to, to live in remembrance, but two, to be a people who walk in light of his presence. To drive like the police officers right there. Like, God is in this room, guys. He's here, close to the next breath. This God is here with us, and he has loved us so well. To the th- second thing we're going to look at in this scripture, in Psalms 128.3 says, Your wife will be a fruitful vine within your house, and your children like olive shoots around your table. Now, you guys may be like, I do not garden. What's this olive shoot deal, right? What happens is in a family setting, at least in the Jewish setting, a lot of teaching would happen around the, the dinner table, and you would sit down and share a meal. And for us, that looks like small groups. Now, how many guys are in a small group? Right? Now, at our small group tables, some of you guys meet in restaurants, some of you guys meet in people's homes, backyards, there's a general sharing of food, kind of like what happens in Acts. In the book of Acts, what happens is that people broke bread, and then they shared in fellowship the word of God. And so as we spend time with one another doing this, we become like olive shoots, like olive trees. So if you go back, like right now, to the Garden of Gethsemane in Israel, you see these huge deeply rooted, big trees. But what happened? These, these trees started as small shoots. And for some of you, might be like, I just gave my life to the Lord yesterday. Like, this has been a week for me, or this has been a year or 10 years for you. Guess what? God is patient, and favor is upon your life, and you will continue to grow. And he's promised to make us like deep-rooted oak trees. It says in Psalm, the book of Psalms, that a blessed is a man who is like the tree planted by the rivers, of living water. So my encouragement to you in the next steps for this like season, if you've not joined a small group, let your roots grow deep. Like what is not here that God has put in this community alone? The first to have small groups, have awesome leaders. Some of these leaders have been leaders for over 18 years. That's insane. That's insane. That's wild. Like God has given us people who have been willing to be deeply rooted in our lives. And I personally, and we've said this many times, we hope to be with you for the long run. We want to see you guys get married and do your weddings and hold your babies and like, oh my gosh. Like, I remember when your mom had a weird haircut and now it's not weird. Like, we want to be there for all the seasons of life because we've seen that those who have chosen to grow deeply rooted in what God has given them will be like those olive shoots around the table. And we want to instruct you in the way of the Lord. So let your roots run deep. Now in 1 and 4, it talks about how you will be blessed individually. And we have been blessed as we've given ourselves to the Lord and we sang these songs and gone to camp and made the decisions to live for God. But there's a blessing that's for everyone. See, there's some blessings that God has reserved not just for the one-on-one relationship. See, God is 100% relational and wants us to have one-on-one relationship. But in verse 5, he says, The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. This is not just the blessing of one person. This is the blessing of Jerusalem. That you go to Zion, and Zion is described as this place where people gather and connect to worship the God of the universe. Kind of like how we come here on a Sunday or on a Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever night you come here to worship the Lord of the universe. And as we do so corporately in this group of people, God has chosen to release a blessing. Now, real quick, look around the people in your room. Like, look around real quick. Just take a look, right? To your left, to your right. I know it's awkward. I know, I know. Just, just take a look. Like, in this community, 
God has chosen to give you a blessing. But it only happens while you're in community. It only happens while you're in community. So every small group, every summer night, every camp, every situation we get to be together, go on a road trip, do stuff together, God has chosen to bless us as we put him at the center of our community. And guess what? As you go out, because we're called to be a people who go out, no one is going to be a secret Christian. There's no such thing as a CIA operative as a Christian or an FBI. Like, we are called to be a people who live openly, freely with our God. And as we've said, for many of us, as we live in remembrance, we have this 21 days of the book of John. Now, how many of you guys read the book of John, right? Now, Pastor Darren did a great and amazing job for us walking us through these texts while we were at camp. And if you're not at camp, praise God, we have those messages up online. You can go listen to those. But he allowed us to have an understanding of what this book looks like for us. My challenge to you is this. As you spend time the next few days, 21 days, Open up this book of John. Like, read these texts. Allow them to be a part of who you are. And the challenge that we've, we've set out is this. Actually write something. Like, write something down. And I kid you not. And here's, here's a practice for you guys to do when you go back. Personally, I will read my Bible, and I'll write one verse that sounds cool. That sounds what? Cool. cool. Did I say holy? Did I say righteous? They say, no, it just, it just sounds cool. And you write it down, and then after a week of writing down this one single verse and writing down what it believe, I believe the Lord is speaking to me, many times I go through life wondering, God, what am I supposed to do next? Like, have you guys been in that decision place? People call it the valley of decision, where you're trying to figure out what school am I going to go to? Like, should I date this guy or not? Do not. Uh, like, what, what, like, all these different things that you have in your mind, literally, literally, if you spend time reading this book day by day, you can take it to the bank like, and write that down. Go back and read it. You'll see what God is exactly speaking to you. You'll see it. And so I'll challenge you the next 21 days, you do that. And for some of you, you're in this space where you've come back and now it's, oh man, the things you used to do and are creeping back up on you, right? How many of you guys have already been challenged, right, in that, being back, right? Maybe, maybe it's, it's talking back to your parents. Maybe it's... Not doing your chores. I mean, these are all parent things. Anyway, love you guys. Uh, but these are also things where it's like, well, the, the, the things I used to watch on TV or the things I used to sneak in my bedroom, the pornography, whatever I used to sneak on, that thing is starting to come back at me. So what do you need to do in this next few steps as you read the book of John intentionally? As those friends who used to influence you to steer you into the wrong direction come back to you, what do you need to do? So the Bible says this. In Hebrews 12, it says that we are to be a people who cut off every weight and sin that so easily entangles us as we run this race, as we look forward to who God is. And some of you guys may be wondering about this balloon, and I, I like balloons. You guys like balloons? I don't think you ever get too old for balloons. <laughs> this is just me, okay? I'm 31, and balloons are still my jam. Like, it's pretty cool, right? Uh, so I have all these balloons, and they all say, happy birthday, happy birthday. It's, it's not my birthday, but I will take cake. So there's that. Um, but with these balloons... They can't really feel the freedom that they're meant to have because they're weighted, right? They have something holding them down. But ultimately, when you go to the Dollar Tree or Party City or wherever y'all shop, Walmart, Walmart? Okay, never mind. Vons? Okay. Trader Joe's. There you go. Like wherever you shop and buy your balloons. <laughs> this is very interesting. You're like, where do these people shop? Okay, Google. Quick. Uh, that that these balloons are meant to be filled with helium and meant to be carried away. 
they're meant to be like taken by, by, by gravity, really to fight gravity, right? To go up and to, but every single time they try to go up, what happens? It gets pulled back down. It's not even me who's pulling them. They're weighted. There's something holding them down. What Hebrews tells us is this. Sometimes the things we need to cut off are not going to be our sin. It says, not every only sin, but also weights. That may be a, a, a habit that you have, a habit of sleeping in late. It's not a sin. It's not a sin. But maybe you need to, to cut that off. Maybe to change that a little bit. Maybe that will give you more energy to do things in life that God has called you to. Maybe for you, it may just be having a new discipline of being present at home and not being on your phone. That's not a sin, but it might be a weight that stops you from connecting with the people that God has brought closer to you. And guess what? Guess what? What happens is the moment I cut the weights off of these balloons, what's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? What's going to happen? They're going to, what? Are you sure? Like, guys, are you sure? Let's try it. Okay, so if I cut off whatever it may look like for you, right? Whatever it may look like for you. And for me, this is something I'll tell you right now. Personally, I'm also continuing to grow in this. The people and adults and leaders in this room are also doing the same thing. They are not just allowing themselves to live in this sin. They are struggling. They are fighting against it. See, the Bible says that as you do so, there is a way of escape that he gives you. So he says, be vigilant. Paul says, I am not shadow boxing. Shadow boxing is like the guys who like punch the air. He goes, no, no, I am actually training myself, putting myself in positions where I'm learning to trust this God. And as I decide to make this decision, right, for me to be back home early, right? So I'm not, I don't know, sleeping on the road. I don't know, doing weird stuff. I don't know. Like as I'm making decisions personally to be present for my family, and you be present for your family, guess what? I begin to have more freedom in some things in my life. And now what God has purposed for me to do begins to open up. I begin to live in my purpose that God has called me to. Some of you guys right now, you can't have confidence to speak at your schools about the Jesus whom you love and who loves you because right now, sin has sapped you, has taken away your confidence. And that's what sin does. But when you're living in sin, you have no confidence to stand before people, to stand before kings, to stand before all these people. But if, as you say, Lord, hey, Lord, I submit to you. This, this addiction is, is, is weighing on me. Help me. Let, me. let me go to a small group and have these conversations with real people who love me. Guess what happens? As I cut that off, guess what happens? I begin to fly into my new purpose that God has called me to. This is not a self-help conversation, guys. I'm going to get this straight. This is what God has promised to do in his word. Right? And his word is true. So I'd encourage you, as I cut this last balloon, right? As I cut this last balloon, think about this. What, is the, what are those things in your life for you as you go to this next step? As you go into this next season of life that you need to say, I'm, I'm going to submit this to you. I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to live in remembrance of what you've done for me because you brought me from darkness into light. In fact, it says in Galatians that don't give yourself back to those things that used to tie you down. Galatians 5.1, they used to hold you down. They used to make you a slave to who you are. No, no. He says, give them to God. Think about that one thing, those two things, those three things. You got it? All right. This is not magic. This is not like a woo-woo deal. Like, this is it. If you, by faith, give your weights to God, give your sins to the Lord, 
He has said that he is going to bless you. He will fulfill your purpose. He will then also open doors. To the end of that chapter, if you guys read, I didn't put it on the screen, it says that you will be able to see your generations upon generations. Like you'll be a person who starts a legacy, a legacy of Kajumbas, a legacy of Randalls. Eh? Give it up for Randalls. Right? Like legacies of people in the room. Why? Because one person made a decision to live for God. See, this is what happens in the Christian faith. Because of Abraham. You guys remember that song? Father. We are one of them. Guys, literally, Abraham chose not to trust himself. And though he stumbled along the way, don't get me wrong, you might stumble along the way, God helped him. And here we are because of that. Guys, let's trust this God and allow him to free us to walk in his purpose. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you that as we uh, focus on the fact that you have set us free, you've allowed us to cast off these weights, not just at a camp or a summer night, but in all these situations, God, you've opened doors for us to trust you even more, that you've allowed us to live in remembrance. And as we look forward to the next few days, Lord God, you will give us strength, Lord God, to cut away these things, to focus on you, not to look to ourselves, but to look to you. And Lord, I bless my brothers and sisters. Give them, give them, Lord God, the wisdom. Let them see how much you've loved them. And let them respond, Lord God, in heartfelt, joy-filled obedience to a God who's for them and not against them. And the God's people say, amen.